This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, it's on. As you heard in Bob's News, the Prime Minister visited the Governor General this morning. The writ has dropped. Parliament is dissolved and all the parties are in campaign mode. Frankly, as our listeners well know, they have been for a while. The way things stand now, the Liberals and the Conservatives are in a dead heat in terms of the popular vote, but the Liberal vote is more efficient and would yield more seats. And the polls also show the possibility of a collapse of the NDP, with some surveys showing them actually behind the Greens. But now that the race has begun in earnest, what will change? There's no ballot question as yet. So we'd like to know what is yours? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And right now I'd like to welcome Aleem Kanji, Vice President of Government Relations at Sutherland Corporation and Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel to National Public Relations. Hey, Good afternoon. Hey, Libby. Great to be with you again. Okay. Great to have you here. So uh, it's finally happened. Uh, is it uh, anticlimactical or is this the real start, Aleem? You know, you brought up a really interesting point uh, at the outset, Libby, where you said, what will change? And, you know, traditionally, governments are voted out of office. And and sometimes when that happens, there is a change mandate that's at play. Um, and I think based on the, uh, the, the chatter, the analysis, some of the things that the leaders are talking about, um, we're not seeing a real mandate for change. And I'll tell you why. And I'll give you an example. Let's quickly go through the slogans for this campaign. With the Liberals, choose forward. Whatever but, that means. Whatever that means. Whatever, uh, whatever that means with the Conservatives. <laughs> it's time for you to get ahead. The NDP, we're in it for you. The Greens, which I think is very clever, not left, not right, forward, together. And then the- <laughs> Too long. <laughs> the People's Party of Canada, that I affectionately term the PP Party, is strong and free. And so when you look at these descriptors, when you look at these slogans, where is the mandate for change? Uh, I, I agree with you because uh, from some of the conversations that I've had, even people who are a bit fed up with Justin Trudeau, the thinking is, well, is it bad enough for us to get rid of him? Is that an imperative? And, and what's the alternative? Uh, you know, um, as a liberal, I think they're in pretty good shape for this election. You never know until uh, till it actually happens. But um, it, it's hard to run on the change platform when the economy is in pretty good shape. Over a million jobs created, hundreds of thousands of people lifted out of poverty. Our numbers compared to other G7 countries are uh, are good, so on and so forth. It's, it's you know, infrastructure's getting built across the country, a whole variety of different things. It's tough 
uh, for the opposition to say it's a disaster, you need change, because people look at what's going on and they go, well, that's not a disaster. So uh, so it's a, it's a bit of a tough uh, road for the opposition this time out. The government, on the other hand, can't set – can't um, sound arrogant. So they need to be saying, we got a lot more work to do. We made progress in the last four years, but we have a lot more work to do. And that's what they need to articulate and outline over the next 40 days. Now, Bob, I know that you think that the Ford government and Doug Ford is a big problem for the Conservatives here in Ontario. Uh, has anything changed on your view on that? Well, you know, I I don't think so. It has been. I mean, I've talked to a number of Liberal MPs and candidates across Ontario. Ford comes up almost at every second door. And, you know, here in the fall right now, you've got students who are having trouble completing their high school uh, certificates because there's not enough courses available. You've got a university and colleges uh, 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 students mad over OSAP. You've got hallway healthcare had its worst month in 10 years uh, this past month, and the list goes on. Even the judges yesterday were yelling at them. So, I mean, there's a fairly substantial body of folks out there who've got a gripe with the province. That's not he- helpful to Andrew Shear. Whether that's fair or not, but uh, you know, sometimes going, you're you're giving me a promo opportunity. We're going to be talking to Christine Elliott after yeah. this uh, after this segment because she did make an announcement. And uh, to be fair, uh, one of the things that she has said that I do agree with is that the the huge increase in hallway healthcare. You can't really blame that on them. Uh, you uh, know what? Previous I don't, government. I don't think you can blame it. I think the previous government did quite a good job on healthcare. Built a lot of new mm-hmm. hospitals, hired seven thousand mm-hmm. nurses, did a lot of things right. I just think the number of people using the system is outstripping the resources that government has to put into healthcare. It's a big problem. I think it's fascinating. We've quickly turned uh, to provincial politics. Right. <laughs> and, you know, what I think it's, it's, it's quite striking. <laughs> Another is, good sign that this is not a big federal election. Yet. Well, yeah. well, so far, I mean, here we are day one, Bob. And, and, but the thing is really is, is I think when you look at things, what's the real opposition here? I think this is going to be Justin Trudeau versus Doug Ford. It will be Justin Trudeau versus Stephen Harper. It'll be Justin Trudeau versus Jason Kenney. And as we saw last night in Manitoba, re-election of another conservative uh, premier. And these people are household names in their respective jurisdictions. Now, I don't think the Liberals got a, a hope in hell in Alberta, uh, but I do think when you look at the battleground of Ontario, uh, and when you look at uh, places like uh, Quebec and, and BC in certain pockets, that's where the narrative will, will be framed. And they will go after uh, the, the stalwart conservatives that have been there. Uh, and that includes the premier in this province, uh, in in Doug Ford. And so how does he contrast that? We know that uh, Queen's Park is not sitting until after the federal election. We know that the premier is not being as active in this as he has been uh, previously, certainly with with other provincial campaigns. Uh, And so how how does that play out? And, you know, we're a year and a bit into the mandate of the Ford government. Will that be on the minds of voters come election day in Ontario, in the battleground, in places like the 905, um, in Brampton and Mississauga and elsewhere, uh, that could, in fact, decide this federal election? You have not mentioned the name of Andrew Scheer as an opponent for Justin Trudeau. So uh, are people going to, I mean, they, the people say he's not defined, don't know what he stands for. 
he 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 does not have a huge amount of charisma let's just say so uh is it going to be a personality thing where people look at him versus Justin Trudeau and of course Justin Trudeau really came from behind the last time well you know i think it's also people need to know more about uh, andrew shear I think he is a bad leader for the Conservative Party. 82% of us live in urban areas, and this guy doesn't seem to have embrace urban or kind of modern values on a woman's right to choose, on issues as it relates to gays and lesbians. He seems out of touch on climate change. Um, you know, you just keep running through these uh, issues. He's like some sort of 1970s sort of extra from the set of Leave it to Beaver. Uh, he's homeschooling That's his so kids. Mean. <laughs> he's not he's not a big supporter of friggin public education that's not exactly a tough one Language so you know Bob. you sit there and i'm looking <laughs> at him and this is a guy who seems to be out of step he seems to be out of step with quite frankly a lot of modern day conservatives so i think they've got a real uh, mountain to climb with him as their leader the the whole issue around uh credibility um, and and ethics, I think, is something that Andrew Shear is going to play up. When you look at the SNC Lavinal affair, when you look at you know two uh, inquiries into a sitting prime minister, it hasn't happened in Canadian public uh, in in the history of our of our of our country. Now, does that stick? Does that resonate with with the voters? Do things like proportional representation, uh, voter reform abandonment. You know, these are things that the, that, uh, the, the sitting government hasn't, uh, uh, hasn't done. Do, do things like balancing the budget in five years, as Justin Trudeau promised, that has not materialized, sit on the minds of voters? Um, part of me thinks when you look at the younger demographic of voters, they don't really care about balancing the budget. I think when you look at older voters, when you look at um, uh, folks that are Perhaps in the category of, of our listenership, I think they do care about fiscal responsibility a little bit more than than some of the younger voters. So that's the sort of stuff that he's going to uh, to play up, uh, and I think uh, define himself. You know, Stephen Harper with a smile. We've heard all of the the comparisons before that uh, that come about when you talk about Andrew Shear. How much of that is going to play in, uh, and uh, how will he sort of define himself as he crisscrosses the country uh, and uh, and tries to form government? Yeah, but is his personality strong enough? I, I'm not so sure. I don't think most people uh, know who he is. I think mm -hmm. if, if if we tested that, I think we've seen polls that have tested that. Um, I'm not sure he's as defined as uh, perhaps looking back uh, at the last election. You know, Thomas Mulcair was set to become our prime minister four to five months out from the election. Yeah. And people knew who he was. They knew that, you know, he was handed the reins by Jack Layton. That was known. I'm not sure Andrew Scheer is as known to the extent uh, as as uh, other opposition leaders. I think people are realistic and they're going to sit back and they're going to say, geez, are they getting the big issues right? I think on the economy, they got the big issues right. On trade, I think they got the big issues right. On working with cities and getting stuff built, infrastructure, they've got the big issue right. I think on climate change, they've got the issue right, putting a price on pollution, supporting clean tech. I think that together is pretty good. 
There was an independent study that said he has completed 92% of his promises. I don't know if that's accurate or not. There are certainly things that he hasn't done. But I think overall on the big issues, he's done a good job and that they merit re-election. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got a couple of other parties in this as well that I think are, you know, pay a little bit of attention to this. When you look at uh, uh, the NDP and what I think has been really a, a, a classic downward spiral of, of a party, again, rewind back four years, they were set to form government and, uh, you know, outcomes a very charismatic leader that had the charisma, that had the personality and, uh, and uh, you know, formed a, a strong majority government. Um, on the contrary, what we've seen with the NDP is a new leader um, who wasted a lot of time waiting for a seat. Um, he's losing a, a, a ton of, of very experienced MPs. He's hemorrhaging candidates. Really, when you look at guys like Nathan Cullen, um, we saw uh, just uh, last week a whole uh, army of candidates from the NDP move to the I Greens. thought that was a little overplayed. Uh, the the numbers, but he <clears throat> again he should be in a fight with uh, the Liberals and the Conservatives, and not not with the Green Party. And yeah. I, I don't know how it's possible to be a political leader, a national leader of a party, and not visit friggin' New Brunswick for two years. Because the, the bike, second friggin' Bob, I know, <laughs> but like I don't know because his bicycle doesn't possible. take him there. That's you know, it's it's it has been an organizational disaster. Yeah. They're still waiting uh, to name a hundred. 35 candidates. Um, and it's kind of too bad because he himself is not a bad guy. You know, if I, I've met him a couple times and was on a panel with him once before. He's bright. I think he's kind of charismatic. I he thought is. He, I Handsome. Thought I thought he did a decent job yeah. in the Ontario legislature for the for the NDP. Didn't translate. None of that no. seems to have translated. And I think it's been bad staff, bad advice. He's not sure what his job is. And uh, look, he could still find his sea legs, but boy, have they left it late. Okay, let me just give the numbers out again, people, because I am asking, what's the ballot question? And that means, w- what are you looking for when it comes down to it? It is it a matter of, uh, got to get rid of Justin Trudeau? Got to get a conservative government. Uh, is there a thing that is going to make up your mind? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, the punditry, uh, wisdom about the weakness of the NDP is that, uh, that is Good for the liberals. It it is, uh, and it could be. But I'll tell you, we got another party that is making waves. Um, it is it is great for the Green Party, and we saw those candidates from New Brunswick shift over to the Green Party that are uh, having a very impressive um, uh, uh, ability to fundraise. And when you look at core NDP issues, you know thing, things like uh, universal pharmacare and childcare. Um, to the extent that we have it right now, they want to have it even more aggressively in place. We're not really hearing a lot about that from the NDP. Um, and we've got a Green Party, uh, I believe, with a lot of momentum. It would not surprise me to see uh, a doubling of seats, perhaps a tripling. Now, keep in mind, they only have a couple of seats in Ottawa. Uh, but but there's a lot of uh, momentum with progressive voters um, obviously, on the issues of, of climate change, and you know, if you really look at what the Green Party is doing, it's actually a pretty fiscally responsible, responsible vision of the country. So, um, you know, and, you know, when you look at leaders as well, this is a woman with Elizabeth May 
as having the most experience as a leader. And I think this and could- she's still a nutter. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to disagree okay, with you so, on this one. But, but here, here, here's the thing. So we had the New Democrats picking a fight with them, saying they were being poached. But uh, in the interim- Two bad things, like she had eruptions in the Green Party. Uh, yesterday, I think it was in Quebec, one of their candidates came out and said, Oh, by the way, I'm a separatist. I would like, uh, I, I would like I, uh, Quebec independentiste. Okay. So that's not so good at this time. And then she also said that she wouldn't stand in the way of, of private members' bills, reopening the abortion debate. No problem. Like, that is not very good for so-called progressive voters. Well, and I, there's a wing wing nut factor with with the Greens, <laughs> and quite frankly, there is one with her. Uh, her whole reaction to the Judy Wilson Raybould thing, which was, "Hey, maybe you want to be leader. Uh, I'll give okay. you the leadership." Who does that when they're a national leader of a party? I didn't say friggin' there. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, but, you know, so there's been a number of uh, opportunities. They've had a number of opportunities to deal with these issues, and they don't. Her spokesman went out on the national unity thing and said, oh, national unity isn't one of the core issues of the Green Party. Well, I mean, thank you very much for coming out. Uh, it's supposed to be a country and it's supposed to be a national party. And I think that but, uh, but it's here, wingy stuff like that that really hurts but these But let guys. me point something else out if we're talking about the NDP. Uh, so to elect a leader, they need a two-thirds majority. But their platform says, hey, uh, we, we, we will break up the country with 50 plus one in Quebec. I think that's a problem, except <laughs> nobody remembers, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. It'll it'll be interesting to see after this election who remains on as leader. And this could be her last hurrah. She could gain a few more seats, but kind of go out and make way for somebody, you know, a little bit less nutty, as, as, <laughs> as Bob refers to. But uh, perhaps take that, that, you know, progressive attitude of the Greens to the next level. I don't expect them, obviously, to form government. Uh, in a minority government situation, the NDP and the Green Party could play nicely into uh, a, a liberal minority and and form government. So I think we got to keep our eyes on that as well. Okay, uh, let's take a couple of calls. We have got Paul in Brampton. Hi, Paul. Good afternoon. It'd be nice to speak to you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm not looking for charisma. I'm not looking for nice hair or socks. I want results. And I think the economy is number one. You know, uh, uh, budgets don't balance themselves, as some people have said. But I think it comes down to bread and butter issues. The price, the cost of living in the last four years has skyrocketed. Groceries, rent, everything is really high. And most of the people I know are struggling to get by. Now, they may, may make a decent living, but they're no farther ahead than they were four years ago. They're actually struggling to pay for their food and, and eat and, you know, just pay their bills. So I think that's really what it is, the bread and butter issues to put food on the table and get ahead in life. So so is it time for you to get ahead or or is it the NDP that's in it for you? The NDP, I heard this morning, is basically going to be giving away everything for free. Well, that means as a, a person who works every day, they're going to hit my wallet a lot harder in taxes to pay for their free giveaways. Thank you, Libby. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, we are starting to run out of time, but I'll take a quick one from Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. I think a lot of people are feeling that, you know, we just don't have one candidate that we can say, oh, this person is going to be good for the country, is going to be good for the... We're kind of eliminating everything. Justin Trudeau has proven that he's not fit to, to govern. He He has got to go. And then we have the NDP. Socialism is not the answer for this country. It never has been. That's not what this country was built on. Then we have the Green Party. Uh, they have a good platform with respect to climate. Wonderful. But we don't know what else they stand for. Elizabeth May has got to come out and talk about some other issues. And that leaves the Conservatives. That's all we're left with. And that's where we stand. Thank you for taking my call. Okay, you're very welcome. I, I thought that was very well put. That was uh, pretty concise that's a pretty, and to the a point. pretty decent lineup. Just to respond to Paul, he said, you know, you want results. Well, in the last four years, I would argue we've got results. We've got a lot of trade deals signed. We've created a lot of jobs. They lifted people out of poverty. They made progress on climate change. And, and they've done uh, a heck of a lot on infrastructure and other issues. There are certain things governments can do. I think they move the ball forward on them. Um, is there more work to do? Yes. Did they make some mistakes? Yeah, they did. But I would say overall, it's been a pretty solid performance. Okay, Aleem, we only have a few seconds left. So Re- Really please, quickly, right? I think when you look at, at, at uh, Paul, a uh, colleague from Brampton, this is the sort of suburban swing voter that is in play. He talked about results. He talked about getting ahead. How is it possible, you know, for for somebody to feel left out? This is exactly what the Conservatives are courting. By the way, I'll end on this because I think it's a fun note. He also talked about the fact that he doesn't care about, uh, he started his call, talked about how he doesn't like, uh, and doesn't care about people with uh, nice hair uh, and yeah. fancy socks. And by the way, just for your listeners, I have no hair today. I never have hair, by the way. And Bob has no socks, so we'll give him both. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, well. Uh, too bad you're not running for anything. <laughs> That's all the time we have uh, for this segment. Thank you so much, Aline Kanji and Bob Richardson. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.